Welcome back to another episode of Distracted Driving. Yes, we're on a roll. We um, we keep doing this. Man, we we just finished uh, a great conversation with a great guy. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And you know, Rex... Uh, Rex had to jump off. He, he had to go to a meeting as we were finishing our, our recording. And, uh, after you jumped off, uh, I had stopped recording and I wish I hadn't because Michael, our guest, um, we went on to talk a little bit about steam and, and getting what he does into the classroom. He told me this great story about, Oh, you mean steam. The acronym. The acronym, yes. Yeah, not like from <laughs> the steam engines. Um, <laughs> okay. Although he did. You can't just throw an acronym like that with a word, you know? No, he. he, he and he, what does well, it stand steam, for? Because steam makes things go. He actually did say that while oh. we were talking. Science uh, and technology. Science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Oh yeah, that's right. Because so much of what he does is is bringing art uh, yes. to discover science. I think oh, is how funny. he describes yeah. it. It was yeah. a great story, though. He he actually uh, we'll have to have him back again to talk about this. He he went to a, a class of ten uh, year olds with an actual industry problem from the Boeing company. No way. And had the kids, uh, hey, how would you guys solve this problem? <laughs> And, and went back with like 70 ideas in 55 minutes um, and then That's got, awesome. uh, yeah, it, it, it was, I, I don't want to look, that was the story that we didn't even get to include. And oh, I'm still man. so excited about the stories that he, he tells. Yeah. Yeah. Michael's an amazing guy. Good friend. We just worked around each other. So, so many years. Um, he, he's been at Boeing even longer than me. Um and he started out as a temp, like a temp worker, like some kind of project management or something. And then, you know, he had this skill that we're going to talk about that was so unique that uh, he just hung around. And there's so many times he could have got cut, but he just provided this real unique value and uh, and now has a whole team. And it's a it's a it's a cool story. So. He was uh, the guy in the corner that was just uh, sketching out in pictures what he was hearing people talk about. Yeah. And somebody noticed. And uh, yeah, he was. I remember when he told us that story originally, uh, he was nervous. He thought he was in trouble. Oh, right. Yeah, and then it turned out he ended up facilitating the meeting. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. Super yeah. Talented. So you're going to yeah. you're going to get to meet Michael and <laughs> learn a little bit about what he does. Um we were having such a great conversation. This one, this one went long again as well. So we're going to break it up into parts. Uh, but part one coming up right now. Enjoy our conversation with Michael Erickson, envisioneer extraordinaire. We got to do the intro part. And well, then let's do the intro it. then. By God, right. let's start. Welcome to Distracted Driving. I'm Sean Genovese. I'm Rex Williams. And we are joined today by our very special guest and friend, Mr. Michael Erickson. Hey, how you doing? Who is wondering why he's here. <laughs> because we <laughs> sent a meeting notice. That's, That's right. <laughs> Show up at this time. Something wonderful is going to happen. 
Michael is a, another friend from a previous life of, well, I guess mine, uh, <laughs> similar to Andrea. Still part of my life. <laughs> yeah, still part of your your life. Um, but I uh, I wrote a, uh, so we had him on our, our other show. And then I, um, I wrote a blog post a couple of months ago where uh, I kind of referenced some of what Michael does. And so I thought, you know, now that we've started the new podcast, why don't we have Michael on so that he can explain for himself what he does and share <laughs> what he does, the magic of what he does with our audience, all three of them. Yes. Oh, four. We got a new one. <laughs> That was sorry. She went by. <laughs> they, they were just auditing. Yeah. Well, Michael, uh, it's good to see you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are a, a self-proclaimed envisioneer. Yep. So uh, explain for us uh, what is an envisioneer? What does that mean? So a lot of people are familiar with the Disney Imagineers. And sometimes I get compared to them. And I have to object loud and say, no, 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 no. But the Imagineers is classy and as long lasting as they've been, they deal in fantasy. They engineer fantasy for the Disney Corporation and for the theme parks. And they're world, you know, known across the world. Uh, and they do a lot of artwork. Well, I do a lot of artwork, but I work with reality. And so I, um, I draw on the walls mainly for engineers and technical people computer programmers and architects and um, some business management types, uh, although they have a little trouble with me <laughs> because I, I can go deeper than they can, which is sometimes very annoying to them. But in any case, I draw on the walls, I use cartoon art, I envision in an engineering context, and um, we create these big hairy maps that uh, let everyone in the room, especially those who, those who speak English who've been college educated, <laughs> and have a great many different technical dialects. And so they don't realize that they're not understandable to the guy sitting across the table. Or they're, most, <laughs> or they're mostly understandable, but there's these gaps and they can't tell where the gaps are. So you make a picture, the picture holds the meaning, and then it kind of neutralizes everybody's interpretation of what's going on into kind of like one view. They say, oh, that's what we're doing. That's what we're building. And um, then they agree. And then uh, that is sort of like the earliest coherent model. It's a conceptual model, but it's very rough and cartoony. It uses cartoon notation because people everywhere across the world understand it. So you don't have to teach them anything like um, the more technical um, modeling or mm -hmm. business stuff is very specific and you have to have somebody to translate. This way you can look at it in the wall and know what it is, know what it means and fight over it. And they fight wonderfully. And, <laughs> and it's cool. Uh, tell you you're wrong. Yeah, they tell me, they say, they're crappy artists. That's wrong. And I say, that's what you said. And they say, oh my goodness. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> they've seen their body of knowledge portrayed in a form they've never seen it before. And they don't recognize it. And then they find the holes and they didn't realize there were holes in their thinking. And it's first time. And it's like panic. And I, so, so it gives me an opportunity then. I can either get really mean, which I refuse to do. You idiot. You don't know as much as you think you do. I could take that back, but that's not helpful. It certainly doesn't help them. So instead, yeah. I turn it around. I say, so what goes there? And I kind of pull them into their own story and say, okay. And they get creative. And uh, that's what an envisioner does. I have a team now uh, with several of us. Yeah, and awesome. um, 
we draw on the walls and we make messes and we help people see what they say, understand what they know, and allow them to build from that much more um, integrative solutions. So that's that's the that's it in a nutshell. And I'm sometimes nuttier than other days. So. <laughs> I. Uh... Wow. Okay. You covered yeah. a lot of ground there. I, yeah. I have several questions. Um, however, first uh, I'll just say, you know, when, when we talked to you originally um, so much of, of what you said and you just kind of encapsulated it there, uh, it really did stick with me. And, and what I thought was interesting is after I wrote the blog post and I put it on LinkedIn and um, had some people comment on it, there were other people that had similar comments where they said, yeah, you know, Michael, uh, you've, you don't know it, but you've, uh, you've helped me too inadvertently, which I just think is, is great. And so I, I wanted to make sure you knew that first These of all. things take on a life of their own and I lose track of them. I don't know where they go. And they had, I don't know, years later, I'll discover, Oh, it went and did all that. Who knew? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the idea that that the drawings uh, hold that that space in the the conversation so that you can actually get to communication um, that was that's been transformative for me. Yeah. Um, now yeah, you just mentioned. It, yeah, go ahead, Rex. The other the other part I thought is that it doesn't have to be right. Like that's why people don't like to draw because they. They want to make it right or perfect or something. Well, there's a whole myth. There's a whole mythology around that. Yeah. I, I teach engineers how to draw, and that's the first thing I have to do is kill that myth that mythology. And I mean, mm -hmm. kill it. I have to massacre it because it's a lie. I mean, yeah. everybody's an artist until you're about ten years old, you know, fourth grade, uh -huh. and then you see uh, your, your pictures don't quite look like the ones in the book, and you kind of like, oh, wait, these don't look like those. And some trusted adult or big brother or, you know, somebody's very sarcastic and doesn't like you anyway, they'll say, well, you idiot, of course, you don't have any talent, you're a moron. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, you, you obviously are broken, you're damaged, you, you're insufficient. <laughs> and so these, um, most kids will kind of look it's at their crayons or look at the drawing and they just throw them away and walk away and never come back, never look back. Mm -hmm. And so when I teach engineers how to draw, the first thing I have to do is remind them they already know how to draw. It's called mm -hmm. the alphabet. You know, you learn to draw the symbols of the alphabet. Those are drawings and other people recognize them. So you can draw those things well enough for people to understand. So you can draw what you don't have is that additional piece they gave you when they gave you the alphabet. They gave you syntax and grammar and structure. It's called oh, literacy. Yeah. Everybody yeah. does it. I mean, yeah. some, some have bad handwriting, but uh -huh. everybody draws the alphabet. And to whatever degree you can then translate that into like a you know, a note to, to your mom, or, you know, book report, or, you know, technical article, whatever. We draw and write at different levels. Well, so it is with writing. I mean, with, with pictures. Yeah. If you yeah. learn the syntax and grammar, and so I can teach that, and I do, and I can do it in about an hour. And what's cool is you watch the lights come on, and it's not like high-end art at all, but it's enough to get them on the table, and suddenly it's like, they're really communicate yeah who knew wow and they run amok and it's just wonderful i just love it so you you teach people to to draw well enough to uh to be envisioneers essentially in an hour uh not to be a full out highly detailed no this is rudimentary drawing but it's right. enough to where you can create a personality you can create motion 
and you can create objects in three dimensions and you can build on them. And then once you can do the, and then of course, if you write and make swoosh arrows and things, you can chain it all together and make stories. So it's basically a whiteboard art, but it's enough for like, especially a technical person, an engineer who's trying to explain an idea. They can stick stuff on the wall and put words and put arrows and put flows and, and it makes sense to them. And it's enough art to do the job. Now, if they practice, they can develop it and they can develop it however they want, but they got to break that mental block that we're all taught. And that, 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 that thing about the magical thing called talent. I say, you're engineers, you don't believe in magic, right? Okay, let's get over that now. Here, I'll show you how it really works. And once you empower people, well, then they're, they're empowered and they, they don't, you know. And of course, then they come back to me with complicated problems that they have a hard time solving. So I get more work out of it than I ever, yeah. you, know, you can't yeah. do it away fast enough, which is okay. You know, it pushes me and, it, you know, it pulls them and we all grow, we all improve. So that's how it works. Well, I see a parallel to what our guest uh, a couple episodes ago said about singing. You know, we're, we're told, uh, you know, oh, that's not the right key. You can't, you know, too, too loud, you know, and, and then we stop, we stop singing. And she was talking about creating a, a safe space with, with engineers, actually, where, where they could be free to, to kind of figure I things my guitar, out. I have my guitars back there. Oh, yeah. So do, uh, I mean, when you're, when you're teaching, well, let me ask this question first. Sure. There's a portion of it that, oh my gosh, I, I can't draw. Okay. So you, you address that and Hey, everybody can draw, you can draw out letters. Mm -hmm. How much of, of the communication block though is, is, well, I can't draw versus just the discipline of, you know, maybe we should go and, and put this on a board instead of sitting here and verbally trying to go back and, and forth. Is that a component of, of what you find as well? Just getting people used to, Hey, put a pen in your hand. The clipboard. <laughs> and and show me yeah you know you tell me show me like 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 um you know where does it i don't know if you can see that yeah where does it come from okay so it comes from somewhere and it goes somewhere you know okay and then you write words about it and then you you know and who's your customer you know like um i messed this one up so, so who's your customer, <laughs> you know, and why do they care? Why do they want this? Why do they need this? Uh, and, and you start, you know, you just start kind of diagramming it. And yeah, as they, awesome. as that's they, that's a great visual that are. Yeah, 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 for those, of, for those of you not watching <laughs> on YouTube, Michael drew a very basic arrow to a, a square with a shape of a face with a big nose. Yep. And then, and then, and then some lines for you know, the blah, blah, blah text. So, so you, and then you use things like thought balloons and, and mm -hmm. clouds of dust and emotion lines, but yeah. that's all the drawing you need to talk about complicated things. And if you look historically at um, the drawings that were made by certain like great scientists, who, you know, mm -hmm. their aha moment, it's usually on the back of a bar napkin. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the middle of the night, uh, there's a story of, okay, it's a Boeing story of, of how the B-52 was created. Um, uh, Ed Wells, who was the chief engineer at the time, was trying to sell to Congress with his team of engineers. They were trying to sell B-47s. This was back in like 19, 
uh, 51 mm -hmm. or two. And of course, mm -hmm. they didn't want B-47s. B-47s were cool aircraft, but they had problems. And so uh, basically they said, no, 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 we want something else. So uh, they gave a description and Ed Wells went back to his, and his team went back to their hotel in Washington, D.C. and they were like scratching their head. How do we solve this? And so over the weekend, Ed came up with a, um, a hand sketch and they were in a bar and they worked out, well, this is what they really need. And so he, mm. was a, he was an amateur painter. So he went to an art store over the weekend and got some paints and he got his other guys working on different aspects, you know, figuring out what kind of power plant, what kind of wings, what kind of mm -hmm. lift, all, you know, the basics of the height of the, of the design, a conceptual design of this other kind of aircraft. Come Monday morning, they show up at Congress and say, well, what about this? Would you like something like this? And of course, whoa, that's the thing. <laughs> you know, and so uh -huh. Ed Wells comes home and says, guess what, Boeing? I have just sold an airplane you can't imagine. <laughs> to Congress. <laughs> and now scale. Boeing... Uh -huh. Yeah, and, and he, had, he had painting, and, and we still have that painting. But there's also the, the bar notes that are still, you can still find them. Wow. And that's been repeated thousands and thousands of times across history. Nikola yeah. Tesla did it. Um, uh, Leonardo da Vinci did it. Uh, he used art to discover science. So people look at like Leonardo da Vinci as this magic person from 500 years ago. And I keep reminding people, yeah, he was 500 years ago, back when they lynched you for having radical ideas. And he had a lot of them. So uh, a lot of his radical ideas ended up in notebooks. Uh, I've got notebooks all around here. I've, you know, I, I, um, I have my own radical ideas, you know, that they come up in the middle of the night. Uh, uh -huh. Okay, so Leonardo da Vinci um, hid those notebooks away. We didn't, you know, he, he worked as a basically a government or military contractor for the Duke of Milan for like 15 years. Uh, Sorza, I think was his name. He was a belligerent guy who was conquering cities and towns in Northern Italy. And um, uh, Leonardo shows up with a resume saying, hey, I can build, I can create weapons. And so he's doing these conceptual drawings of weapons and defense systems and bridge. He did a lot of heavy engineering. And for 500 years ago, he did some really intelligent heavy engineering as a design engineer, as a contract engineer, just like what we would have, say, at, at Boeing or Lockheed or Grumman or any of those other you know, aerospace industries. And um, but he used art to show that. And people think of him as an artist. But uh, after they discovered his notebooks after he died, they found this world that he cracked open. And the thing about it is he was working on basically the back of a napkin all the time and exploring the world, exploring knowledge. He had he did some of the, some of the most spectacular medical um, illustrations that still stand the test of time after 500 years. He actually got involved with dissecting dead bodies to find out how things worked. And it's kind of gross to do that, but that's what you have to do if you're a scientist. And so um, with a pen and paper, you can go out and you can discover the world, and he did. Okay, 500 years have passed. Why in heck are we, don't we have 100,000 Leonardo da Vinci's? Why is it still mm. the great mystery? He's the Renaissance person. He's unusual. Mm -hmm. We should so, be teaching this in school. I mean, come on. Ha has technology helped or hindered that, do you think? Because you just you, you just gave a, a couple of stories about literally, you know, pen and paper and, and at a bar. So has yeah. this idea that, well, no, we got to put a presentation together. It's got to be in PowerPoint. I mean, does, does that... Does that play a factor in, uh, in how well people receive the idea of let's just sketch it out? Well, you have to do some preparation to make your PowerPoint presentation. And what I encourage people to do is hand sketch, like I just did here. 
and then you scan it on a scanner. And then PowerPoint is like this um, big up, big paste up board. So uh, because you've got, you've got type that you can type set, it's a little clearer to read and it's faster than writing, but you can actually hand draw, scan, display, talk about ideas. And then you can, you can use the drawing tools in real time and, and X out things and say, I put the right words. And so we don't like that. That's funny looking. Let's put the bigger one. Let's make it blue, whatever. And it actually is like, it's just a holding space. And mm -hmm. uh, the advantage of something like PowerPoint, I use a draw program called Canvas in the same way. Mm -hmm. I'll pull a, a draw program and it's got the, 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 the page part that will print. It's got all this other space around it. So I can throw stuff in there and um, I can mm -hmm. drag things around in real time. So I can engage people who are on the other side of the world and um, get them to talk. And sometimes I can get them to sketch and then send me the sketch or take a you know, video of the sketch and then I'll replicate it and, and add it to the drawing. So it becomes a visual dialogue. So the technology will help with the visual dialogue part. So you can get a group of people designing together rather than just one person or three guys sitting around in a bar and, you know, with, a, with napkins. Um, the same mental thing is what's happening. It's, um, and that's the important thing is the mental thing. The tools are variable. I always carry, I've got this great big chunk of, I didn't bring it over here, it's over there, um, a great big chunk of, of carbon, uh, it's a graphite. Um, it's a B6 in hardness, it's a pencil. Big, big mm -hmm. as my thumb. I can draw, I mean, I take that to meetings just in case the power goes out and my felt <laughs> like fail. And, mm -hmm. No, seriously, I've used it. I've used it because awesome. the power goes out, I'm still functional. Everybody else is like paralyzed because I can't get up my computer. So I don't care, there's a wall, man, let's go. <laughs> we get the design, <laughs> we get the truth out of them. Um, yeah. So use okay. the level of technology that's available to you. I just spent all of last week uh, doing the night shift, uh, working with a Boeing uh, airline customer. Uh, and um, for five in years. India, no, in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Oh, Saudi. Yeah, it was a Saudi, and and they're interesting people. I, you know, and we taught one of them how to draw, and uh -huh. he was drawing in real time in the meetings, and I was drawing in real time on my whiteboard with a webcam. I was disconnected from them, but I was working in their time, and we were having a full dialogue. And his 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 artwork was a little more stiff, as you'd expect. But he caught data. He caught like, I don't know, I got about 50 pages. I think he got like 45. So he wasn't that far behind me. Wow. And because he's from there, he got the language and the words. Uh -huh. They spoke English almost better than I do. But um, <laughs> they tend to, to clip the place names and the um, and person's names, which are all Arabic. And of course, I hear a word go by I'm not familiar with. I didn't catch it, but he did. Yeah. So between the two of us, we got the whole story. So there's almost 100 pages okay. of data in five days that the two of us captured. And because he belongs to the Saudi airline and I belong to Boeing, we have a mutually shared understanding. And nobody can play games or, you know, um, they are yeah. assured that they're getting the honest truth. And I'm assured that, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a total equal conversation. It's beautiful. We get to work together, shared space, shared design. And then, of course, the decisions that come out of whatever comes up are theirs. So mm -hmm. they own mm -hmm. the solutions. We don't go in there and impose anything. We just say, well, here's what we discovered. Here's what we think could help. What do you think, guys? Your decision. Mm -hmm. You implement. And it's, it's like this power. Okay, I think that is a suitable stopping point for part one. <laughs> of our conversation and we can with do Michael. it with technology better than we can actually interrupt him 
in person <laughs> with our voices. I'll tell you, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's such that's a great the, story. It's, it's like the great just, thing about all like, these people that we know. They're great storytellers. Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to use uh, the cutting feature of the software. <laughs> so you're going to have to wait until next week for part two of our conversation with Michael. And uh, we're going to talk about um, being precisely wrong next week. And I ask him a yeah, question. Good. What advice do you have for our audience? Yes. Stay tuned. Good stuff. He's an envisioner. Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. All right. All right. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. <laughs> you might want to do that again. All right. Cut. <laughs> Retake. Take two. <laughs> <laughs>